in her testimony, she's like, one of the ways that I know that the church is true is that I just don't have a care in the world. Like I am, <laughs> I just am like so happy all the time. I'm so carefree. And I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking for real? Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast, the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture and sometimes fake dances. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to talk Buckle about steak up. dances. We're going to talk about steak dances. I want to talk about EFY and having a boyfriend at EFY. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but mostly we want to talk about the show Swiping America on HBO on Max. On Max. Me. Yes, please show it the respect it deserves. Um I'm Elisa. I'm Katie. Let's give a little context for how we even came to this episode. So a friend of mine said we should talk about Swiping America on the podcast because there's an ex-Mormon on it. So we went into it with just that information. I didn't know anything about the show. I didn't know who the ex-Mormon was. We were just like, we're doing it. It's clear within about 45 seconds who the ex-Mormon is Mm -hmm. on Swiping America (laughs) uh, before she says anything about her Mormon upbringing. I was like, there she is. Yeah. There's Blondie. (laughs) (laughs) She is something about the accent, something about the look, the vibe. It was Mm -hmm. just immediately apparent. There's also the fact that she is white yeah, and other, uh, the other leads of the show weren't. And that's, you know, a kind Kind of of dead giveaway for a Mormon, but there was more to it than that too. Just her kind of whole, Laura gave mm-hmm. this woman knows the this she could recite the first vision <laughs> yes absolutely oh my gosh can we recite the first vision i saw a pillar of light exactly over my head above the brightness of the sun which descended gradually until it fell upon me or set upon me i can't remember which when the light rested upon me i saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description Standing above me in the air, one of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Take that. Boom. Take that, Russell M. Nelson. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, Reagan. Reagan's familiar. Reagan's Also, familiar. her name's Reagan. Yes. Another sort of dead giveaway. I will say, though, I had a kind of snap judgment of her based mm-hmm. on me more than her and my experiences Mm -hmm. for sure but also based on i feel like having a mormon character on a reality tv show is very much a thing and Mm -hmm. there are like some real common archetypes archetypes yes and the sort of like pretty blonde led me to think this is another sort of typical mormon reality tv character you know she's gonna Mm -hmm. be like kind of the worst yeah right yeah you almost expect her to be a villain yeah like I'm trying to think of good examples I'm thinking of there was a a Mormon woman on Project Runway one season who was kind of a villain in that she was pretty oblivious like um insensitive real flighty and like um just not the most likable you know Mm -hmm. Or like on the real world, there was a Mormon who was like, she just didn't have basic street smarts. She was Mm -hmm. like a hazard. So I was kind of expecting 
that. Right. And it's not what we got. What we got at all. Like no. I'm obsessed with Reagan from Me too. Genuinely. Genuinely. <laughs> and I say this like from the depths of my spirit. She mm-hmm. is my Barbie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she is my Barbie. She is an ex-Mormon Margot Robbie. A hundred percent. She is an ex-Mormon superhero. I am ready to just like hand the podcast over to her and be like, oh, tell us I would everything. love, I would love to have her on. You know what? Not I'm even as a guest. I'm ready further. to just like put her in charge. Yeah. You can have it. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take it a step further than Barbie. She's my adult grown up Lizzie McGuire. Oh, wow. Don't That's you kind nice. of see what I'm saying? I totally Except see what you're saying. She's just like way cooler. Yeah. More depth than Lizzie. But just Who that Lizzie like effort of being effervescent. She's like a McDonald's Sprite. <laughs> you know, she's so spicy. Yes, she really is. And like, she is like really beautiful, mm-hmm. undeniably, like, like a total knockout of a person. Yeah. But she's so like funny and witty and like weird mm-hmm. she's um, so weird so weird like I loved how weird she was yeah she was just constantly saying that she and asked one of the guys on the show to arm wrestle with her at one point yeah it was he constant. did not get it he was just no. like what and it was so frustrating we can explain the premise of the show yes, but please an important element was that they kept putting her on dates with these just absolute duds of men and like any man is going to be a dud sitting next to her but like wow it was Mm -hmm. dud after dud they could not find anyone on her level no these men had never been around a woman of this magnitude no but the other thing too is she has this really intense like personal backstory she has a daughter who was born with this really rare condition i think she said like 50 people in the world have it mm-hmm. um and um it requires that her daughter live like um on a ventilator and she has like round the clock care she's never lived at home with her mother yeah so her daughter has this like very unique experience and reagan too has a very unique experience with like motherhood and family Mm-hmm. And just the way she talks about it is like so beautiful. She's always like, I I really want people to understand like how strong and how powerful and how amazing my daughter is. Like, I don't want them to think about her as like fragile. Yeah. I don't know. I just found yeah. it like really moving and inspiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the best. She's the best. So the basic premise of Swiping America, <laughs> let's set it up. There are four yeah. leads. There's Reagan, our queen um chris who is a gay man um ash who's a gay woman um and kason mm-hmm. who is another straight woman and reagan is well i don't know who's straight or bi they're or all they don't like yeah. totally define themselves so there's four leads they're all new yorkers who are frustrated with dating in new york city and so the show is like taking them around to different cities across the country and they're gonna go on dates and it's called swiping america because supposedly the producers are swiping for the leads and setting them up on these dates i do not believe that any of these people were found through swiping no 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 i'm just gonna say they were cast they were cast 
uh and you know that's fine but not very well unfortunately i feel like the dates mostly were duds and not just for reagan kind of for everybody yeah there were like a handful of fun folks who who made it through the casting process and showed up but by and large the dates were whatever really what the show ended up being about was about like all of the leads kind of having personal experiences and learning things about themselves and like loving themselves better and also becoming friends with each other and it was really more about that and that was fun and enjoyable Mm -hmm. and overall i really enjoyed the show but Mm -hmm. the swiping and the love like rom-com part of it yeah what did they call it they called it a rom doc a rom doc yeah and like i i feel like it was just a little bit of an incomplete concept Mm-hmm. Like it, it could have been a little bit better. The casting wasn't very good, honestly, among the leads a little bit, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the leads were a little bit kind of whatever in some cases. Just too reserved. Yeah. Like we're, we're trying to do something here. Like let's have a little bit of Zaz mm-hmm. and then definitely among the dates, but the direction of the show was really good. It was like really cinematic mm-hmm. and Beautiful. like- beautifully shot and there was like real music in it which is Mm -hmm. so rare for a dating show i feel like dating shows and like reality shows in general have just like really weird like ai pop music yes but this had like actual pop music i know it's like music where it shows like a shot of them getting out of a car and the song is like we get out the car and then we walk down the street (laughs) no it was way like a cut above like uh love is blind or the bachelor or those other kind of dating shows for sure but those shows have people who are like shameless and willing to like yeah just sloppy make out on camera and be stupid and say yeah they're cringy stuff yeah these leads were self-contained reserved and good for them but that isn't like the most fun to watch no it doesn't make for the best tv like you do kind of need people who are like trying to get famous and like willing to go there yeah so you know not perfection in the casting but reagan is a revelation yeah and if that's all you get from the show it's worth watching every minute can i describe her a little bit yeah please i've already said um barbie think barbie think lizzie mcguire but in your in her late 30s she's this like gorgeous blonde bombshell little dog (laughs) she has a little dog mosey who comes with them on every trip and you know what i hate that personally (laughs) i think i find that to be offensive but i didn't care because she made it work like yeah. she is that powerful of a presence that I was I like willing to overlook the the little dog being yeah. everywhere, like in a restaurant. I think that that's just not right. But Reagan yep. made it work. Can I say one thing about like my sort of knee jerk reaction to be like, mm, I'm probably not going to like her when I first yes, of course saw her and realized she was the ex Mormon. What it just made me think about growing up Mormon and the kind of young woman that was really rewarded mm-hmm. was 
someone who was beautiful <laughs> and also someone who was um who performed like positivity and carefreeness mm-hmm. in a way that always made me feel like are is this for real like am i yeah it makes you feel crazy crazy? (laughs) yeah yeah like i remember this is like a very specific vivid memory i have i remember being at girls camp and we were it was testimony night (laughs) so after you've like been out in the woods together for a few days you get together and testify about how you believe in the church and everybody (laughs) cries yeah and this girl from our state got up and she was one of those girls she was very beautiful came from a family that had a lot of money she was like the girl you know Uh and um she said like one of the in her testimony she's like one of the ways that i know that the church is true is that i just don't have a care in the world like I am, I just am like so happy all the time. I'm so carefree. And I'm just like, are you fucking for real? Oh my God. It was like so staggering to me. Even as a young kid, I was probably like 13. I was just like, yeah. what is this? Give me a this break. This is some bullshit. <laughs> like, and not that my life was so hard or whatever, but like, what? Yeah what are we selling here yeah and uh that is just like something that came to me in those early moments of seeing Reagan I was like oh she's one of those people who's gonna be like life is uh you know like bubblegum and rainbows and I just love it and she was not that at all no But it was sort of fascinating to, like, remember that Mm -hmm. feeling of, like, oh, is this how we have to be? Yeah, that was always really kind of upsetting. There were, I definitely had a lot of characters growing up who I always felt like, oh, so this is who mom and dad want me to be like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't want to come across as someone who like snap judges people like, oh, if you're beautiful and happy, I assume you're (laughs) a dipshit or a fake. That's not true. But I did learn early on to be a little wary of like the extreme outward presence of I've got everything together and I am especially within the context of Mormonism, I am doing it all Mm -hmm. and I get it. And I'm so happy about it. Mm -hmm. Major red flag. Yes. And it just, this seeing Reagan just brought me right back to that. And then like realizing, no, that's not who she is was so refreshing and like good for me to have that experience and be like, get over yourself. I feel like there's not a ton to say about the show beyond like, I loved it because of Reagan. Like she was the one saying the funny things. She was the one like being a character. Um, I will say I cried in the finale. I love that. That's so sweet. It was because it was when Chris, um, he said, the more I've opened up, the more love I've received. And he was talking mm-hmm. about like mostly opening up to the uh, the other leads on the show and how they all became such good friends. And I was like, this is beautiful. Good for them. I yeah. love that they I love that they just came to love each other. Like it's a heartwarming 
little show. It is. Yeah. It's definitely worth watching, but it's also like not super exceptional. Like we don't have to super go into it because yeah. it's just a dating show. But <laughs> you know what it what it is a perfect springboard for besides worshiping Reagan, which we're gonna do forever. Mm. And uh we'll probably talk about her for like every single episode from now on. Yeah. Um it's a perfect springboard to talk about Mormon dating. Yeah, because that's a whole thing. It sure is. Um, I had not thought about this subject mm -hmm. in like 15 years. Yep. I believe (laughs) Uh, that. I was like looking at the outline today. um, And I was just like, oh, because you guys should know. You guys should. Let's. I'm going to tell you guys how this podcast works. Okay. Really quick. So um, Elisa does all the work. And she is the brains and she does the outline and she does all the thinking, like the, 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 the thinking. And then, and then I, uh, 30 minutes before we record review everything that she's collected and sit down and let her tell me about it. And then I (laughs) edit it. I am the editing one. I'm I'm laughing so hard that I just knocked my microphone over. (laughs) So I, I just want that to be out in the open. We're pretty cool with the way that it works. Um, I feel like it's pretty you know. balanced, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, I sat down 30 minutes ago and was looking at the uh, the outline that Elisa painstakingly put together. Just kidding. <laughs> it's a really short outline. But um, I was like, holy shit, Mormon dating. Yeah. Whoa. That was a whole thing like so number one the like the main thing with mormon dating is that you can't do it until you're right. 16 the number main thing one. with mormon dating is it's nothing it's like yeah. it's it's a lack of dating is what it's mormon a lack dating of dating is. yeah it's a lack of dating until you get married yes right basically i mean yeah the rule is 16 and that's not just like a Oh, our parents said, don't date till you're 16. It's no. like, there is a literal handbook for Mormon mm-hmm. teenagers mm-hmm. called the, for the strength of youth pamphlet. Mm-hmm. And it says, don't date till you're 16. Right. Not in those and exact that's words, but something... that specific number. And I'm pretty sure you didn't abide by that. Oh, sure didn't. But it's a scandal. It's a, it's, it's being whispered about in the hallways. Everybody's yeah. concerned. Yeah, when I was dating before I turned 16, it wasn't like uh common knowledge. Right. Like I kept it under wraps. Yeah. But yeah. By necessity. I, it, by necessity. But also it's so funny. It's one of those funny things where when these like high demand religions like put it put an age on things or like put really <laughs> strict rules, like the way that my brain works, and I think a lot of people are like this, are like, oh, I'm gonna hyperfixate on this. Mm-hmm. like a, this is i'm gonna a become obsessed me, me. with yeah. dating sex you know yeah. like all of that right because i'm being told it is so freaking important yeah that we're gonna give you a whole pamphlet about it right yeah not only were mormon teenagers were and are currently told to wait till they're 16 you were then told to only date in groups at that point mm-hmm. To save like exclusive dating for when you were getting married, which Mormon kids are getting married at like 18, 19. So 
basically you go from like, I'm going on some group dates at 16 to 17 to I'm getting married. Right. (laughs) And they also said, not, it doesn't say this anymore, but back in our day, they talked about, um, not exclusive dating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You shouldn't exclusive date, exclusively date anyone. You should date around, you know, Mm -hmm. meet lots of people. And I know that was definitely always really pushed on me. And I think partially because I was such a boyfriend girl. Mm-hmm. I like always wanted to have a boyfriend. And so our parents were like, why don't you not? Yeah. And they would encourage you to like hang out with other guys. Yeah. In between hanging out with your actual boyfriend who you are now married to. Yeah. I mean, they did the same thing with our brother too. They would be like, you can go on another date with this girl as long as you go on a date with that girl in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was this real orchestrated situation yeah it's funny to look back at that because obviously our parents like totally love my husband and there's no whatever it's we've been together for like 16 years it's not it's not even a subject anymore Mm -hmm. but when I was 16 they like literally had another teenage boy's photo on our fridge (laughs) <laughs> who was like the guy they really wanted me to be dating who was James Prow shout out if you're listening yeah, yeah I'll leave it in do you love um, that I still I know exactly talking about full name yeah. I'm like yeah 100 I didn't even yeah. live at home at that point and I knew James Prow was yeah the, the one that got away side man. piece <laughs> yeah uh yeah because he was Mormon and he was great yeah you know please bless delightful please bless boy. him and I was a <laughs> prude and a dork, and there weren't people being down the door trying to date me. So I had no problem not dating as a teenager, but I was still hyper fixated on it. Right. The, its absence was this kind of preoccupation that I had. And then yeah. I went off to BYU and had my first dating experiences and that was a trip and a half but let's not go all the way to that yet okay. let's stay on like teenagers for a yeah. minute because there are some real vestiges of mormon teenage dating culture that we have to talk about i mean mm. the for the strength of youth pamphlet i just want to say we're not gonna like dive super deep into it but there have been a few versions of it over the years i grew up with there was like a 1990 version that I grew up with that has some extremely weird specific strange stuff about like what you should wear and how you do your hair Mm -hmm. and really effed up stuff about homosexuality and then there was a 2001 version which was like your version Mm -hmm. that um was also super effed up and weird yeah and there was just a lot of explicit rules, but there's a new version that's a yeah. couple of years old online that is so uh, lightweight compared to they what might we as well, were given. They might as well just throw it away, right? Like, let's just get rid of it. I was looking, I was like clicking through it, trying to find like, is the age requirement still in here? And it is, but it's hard to find. It's like, it's not categorized in a way that makes much sense it's categorized around like vague statements about faith and jesus it's so weird and it's like very much another example of the way the church is like kind of watering things down to be more palatable Mm -hmm. 
And it gives, I don't know, you just see all of these like Mormon apologists on TikTok when ex-Mormons are like, oh, I grew up like really troubled by these explicit rules within the church and the like inherent misogyny in them, for example. Mm-hmm. And some like current Mormon will be like, those aren't real rules. You're just making that up. That's not even true. And it's like, yes, they were real rules. Yeah. And just because now it's all loosey-goosey doesn't mean that this wasn't really going on and being said over the pulpit. So we grew up under a strict dating regime is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, all we did, you know, in terms of like fraternizing was church dances um and i said stake dances earlier a stake if you don't know mormon congregations are wards and a group of wards make up a stake so like Mm -hmm. the city you live in might have a stake with several wards in it so all the kids in your stake would get together Mm -hmm. and dance on a saturday night to even go to the stake dance you had to have a one-on-one interview with your bishop where he asked you about like your worthiness mm-hmm. and your faith in the church and you got a card saying you were like worthy to go and if you wanted to bring a friend you had to have them go through some process i can't remember exactly i don't know either they couldn't just come in no you couldn't just bring somebody and there were like bouncers at the door like men somebody's dad in a suit checking your card and if he didn't like your outfit if it was too Mm -hmm. tight or too revealing you got sent home to change i mean yeah heavily chaperoned yes events anyway i just couldn't leave that out but we're in the gym set the scene you know what i i'm gonna i'm gonna dial it back a little bit okay Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a cold night in october in the Pacific okay. Northwest. In the Pacific Northwest. It's drizzling Northwest. outside. And it's dark. Yeah. And you're getting picked up by your friend's older brother mm-hmm. who's gonna who's driving you begrudgingly to the dance where he's just going to go meet up with his girlfriend and they're going to take off and go to McDonald's and make out 100%. Yep. And yep. they're going to get in trouble for it. <laughs> and you might get in trouble for it somehow too. And you're freaking out. Go on. So you're going in you're at a 10 you're like i'm already in trouble you go in you're in the church gym wood floors basketball there's a stage it's dark there are some multicolored lights going on Mm -hmm. it's giving very much weird dance and there's a A middle-aged man is dj yes he's middle-aged he's somebody's dad Mm -hmm. and he is playing all the hits sandstorm by derude <laughs> bohemian rhapsody lady chicago's greatest hits raid lady in red it's it's incredibly high energy all the most um whether it's the nicest way to put this um hyperactive mm-hmm. type mormon 17 year old boys are absolutely bouncing off the walls losing their minds and just Mm -hmm. dancing together it's just men like young men dancing together it's a little bit it's a little bit ritualistic it's a little bit scary Mm -hmm. and then they put on some like real steamy ballads Mm -hmm. and it gets people are getting close yeah not too close but it's uh it's emotional people are falling in love People are falling in love, but also people are standing on the sidelines 
shaking in their freaking boots mm-hmm. when the first chords of lady in red start here's what you do all the girls move to the edges of the dance floor in packs you know you find your mm-hmm. friends you're like here we go what's gonna happen and the boys take take in the options mm-hmm. and the ones with the guts to do so approach and say do you want to dance if you get us to dance it is electric (laughs) to say the least i had a years-long crush on a boy in our stake because he asked me to dance once when i was like 14 okay name drop him you name dropped my mormon but you were actually friends with him this was like someone i didn't even know we like never spoke again first name but we danced to Lady in Red or something like it <gasps> the summer before ninth grade. And I was like, this is it. This is my future wow. husband. Yeah. Um, if you don't get asked to dance, it is devastating. And if you do get asked to dance by a boy who you're like, I hate that kid. you know, Also devastating. Um, you are not allowed to say no. You're literally oh. coached by your church leaders that you are not allowed to say no. No, that wouldn't be right. Because he took the guts to ask you and it's your responsibility to engage. Yeah. And if he's chance. the only one who asked you to dance, then you should just it probably be says something about you. You should yes. just go for it. Yeah. And honestly, if he asks you on a date, you have to say yes. Yeah. There's no choice there. The boy's name was Mike Lau. He does not know who I am. I can't believe I remember his full name because we had no relationship beyond. He asked me to dance once and I was like, I've got a crush on you. Anyway. Anyway, church dances. Another thing I wanted to talk about, taking it a step further, was EFY, especially for youth. Now they just have a for the strength of youth conference. conference. But it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. So EFY is like a week-long summer camp. Right. It's a week-long summer camp. I, growing up in Seattle, would go to, I would go to BYU. I'd go to Provo to go to EFY every year. Yeah. I did it, so I did don't I. know, three years or something like that. I did and that too. And it's a, it's a big fucking deal, okay? Yeah. You go and you sleep in the dorms like an adult. Um, except you are like heavily policed and not allowed to leave. And if you leave, you get kicked out. Yes. And, um, you have to get, you like get escorted around by, um, a boy, Mm -hmm. uh, from your quote unquote family, you get placed in families based on like where you're sleeping basically and whatever. So naturally you have to have a boyfriend at EFY. Yes. I always did. Yeah. It, and it was like, oh, this is my new boyfriend. And then you mm-hmm. never talk to them again. Mm-hmm. Do you remember and that was, your EFY boyfriend's names? I do, I remember them, but I don't remember their names. I remember like going to BYU and my freshman year, there were people who were like dating their EFY boyfriends. They were like, you know, we met at EFY when we were 16 and we've been long distance dating ever since and now here we are like it was a thing like that is really weird scorching hot like like long distance super chaste mormon relationships Hmm. 
Yikes. And you would hold hands and you were like freaking out. Mm. Yeah. Like I genuinely think I, I wish my memory was better. I think, I don't know what was going on with me during that time in my life, but my memories are a little bit blurry. I don't know Mm. if there's, there's just a lot I'm trying to block out. (laughs) Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, But yeah, like if I'm thinking real hard about it, like I was definitely like holding these guys' hands and mm. like really leading Maybe. them on. And then I left were and you, was like, I'm never talking to that person again. Was it, Were you doing this while you were dating Luke, your current husband? No, not my current husband, but I was while I was dating my ex-boyfriend. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to break up with my boyfriend and be with my EFY boyfriend. Another important element of EFY though was that there were so many dances yes so exactly. you'd, the steak dance model on a much larger scale you'd go to like the student center at byu and there'd be hundreds of kids dancing somehow to the exact same playlist as your local steak center mm-hmm. and the same moves you know like the slow dances start you kind of you await one of your EFY brothers coming up and asking you to dance. And if your EFY counselors were on top of their game, they told the boys, like, you all have to ask the girls to dance every slow dance so no girl is left behind. Yes. It was this very strategic, calculated, uh, you know, like, misogynistic totally. <laughs> little dance we were all doing with each other. It also, like, created this weird sense of competition among the girls. Yeah. Like, you couldn't just be, like, having a good time with your girlfriends at the dance because they, if you were too chummy with them, no boy would approach you. It was, like, too much, too intimidating. Yeah. So -hmm. you had to separate yourself. I will also say there were dances at BYU, too, and they had the exact same vibe. It was an EFY dance for adults. I went to dances as a Mormon into adulthood. I'm (laughs) embarrassed to admit. And I stopped much earlier than they stopped offering them. Let me be clear. Because, yeah, I mean, the singles ward is going to have dances. And that's up till you're 30, right? The young single adult ward, but also the single adult ward. So, like, the post-31 single Mormons Mm. were having dances and essentially like youth conference for adults i was i was single and still mormon post 31 years of age when you get kicked out of the like singles ward scene and you have to go into a a regular family ward but you're everybody knows like you're single you're a weirdo you're an outcast you don't belong and then they create these like little excursions to get all the single people together who are over 31 and try to get them to marry each other and it's exactly the same vibe as like an EFY mm. or a steak dance mm. exactly the same not that I went to them <laughs> I just you know knew what they were and was like no I'm not doing that anyway <laughs> Mormon dating so yeah Mormon teenage dating what a world Oof. um Mormon adult dating I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Where to even begin? I mean, but basically a hot mess, not normal, not healthy, not good. It's a race to the to getting married. And if you don't make the cut, if you're a woman who who reaches 21 unmarried, it's a problem for you and for your family. 
for everyone who knows you, it's like, oh no, what are we going to do? Because the pickings are getting slimmer. You have to marry a like worthy Mormon boy and they all are getting hitched as fast as they can so that they can have sex. So like they are running out. I'm, I'm, let me think about how to say this. I mean, I was an active believing member of the Mormon church throughout my twenties and into my thirties. And my dating experiences were abysmal, completely ridiculous, completely outrageously terrible. 99% of the Mormon men I knew thought they were too good for me. Like they wouldn't even consider me as a potential option for, you know, all sorts of reasons that I can't get into their heads, but I wasn't like classically beautiful in the way that was expected of me. I wasn't thin in the way that was expected of me. I wasn't sweet in the way that was expected of me. It was just not even. And it was like a real, uh, eye-opening experience to choose to expand my dating pool beyond Mormons. Mm, Yeah. And to be like, oh, people want to date me. Yeah. I literally didn't know because the church trained me to think that they didn't. And because they didn't. I mean, the church trained these women not to want to. I was like, too everything, too much. Which is crazy. I mean, look, people have all sorts of experiences, people, whatever. I'm not trying to come off as anything here. It's ridiculous. Like I uh, was a catch all along. Yeah. Say I was more. a catch all along. And I know that now. I know that now. Mm-hmm. But I definitely did not know that then. Mm-hmm. And I was not led to believe that then by the the boys and the men no. that I was encountering And they were definitely being given, whether like directly or indirectly, consciously or subconsciously, this idea that they were the fucking shit Mm -hmm. and that they like would never lower themselves to even be nice to, let alone date, let alone love, let alone whatever, someone who didn't fit a very specific physical mold Mm -hmm. physical more than anything honestly slash personality mold it's just one of like many ways that men in the church are made to feel like real powerful if my wife is hot it's because god loves me and i'm like worthy and i'm i have the power of god i'm a priesthood holder you know like i can't be settling and like settling settling right like because that's ridiculous no one, I was not someone who someone would have been settling with. No. But because of like the value system that we were all operating under, that was the way I was treated. Yeah. Not just the way I like felt. It was the way I was literally treated. As I have said so many times in this podcast, the adults in my life should have seen it for what it was. Mm-hmm. But because they yeah. too were so deeply entrenched, I had like no advocates who were like no you're great like you're not you are wonderful you are worthy of love you're like whatever I had people who were like well maybe you should Mm -hmm. have you ever thought about well can't you kind of understand why 
And not just that there were most men didn't want to date me in the church, but that the ones who did weren't very nice to me. Right. Yeah. Then it was like, (laughs) well, but. Well, what can you do? Is it so bad? Right. You know. But like, can't you make it work? And also, like, go ahead and make a list of all your favorite or, like, of all the traits that you uh, need uh, in a husband and don't settle on any of those. You make Mm -hmm. the list and Mm -hmm. those are the traits you're looking for in a husband. But also, men will be nicer to you if they want to fuck you. Yep. And that's their right. And that's a very reasonable way for them to behave. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah. I just have to say, Reagan is magnificent she has panache she's a goddess an icon um the show could not find one man on her level not one Mm -mm. Mm -mm. and it was it was discouraging to watch though she didn't seem to be discouraged she seemed like she was having a lot of like great reflective moments about herself and that's wonderful i'm glad she had a good experience but as a viewer, I was like, can you literally not find one man in this country who is, like, funny and cool and zany and hot in the way that she is? Yeah. And it just sort of, like, reinforced my experiences, like, with dating as a Mormon. It was like, yeah. where are they? Like, mm-hmm. and how do they not see what they have? Like, that was the most shocking is she would show up on these dates looking like a smoke show saying the most outlandish funny little things and the guys were just like crickets like yeah didn't know what to do with her right and these guys were like fives mm-hmm. okay and she and it wasn't teen and it wasn't like just that they didn't know what to, they i don't know what to do with her she's so out of my league like no it's like they were not they weren't they didn't get it you know yeah. i wasn't seeing the like like if I was put in front of Reagan, excuse me, the like level of personality mirroring I would be doing. Oh my gosh, I know, right? I would be turned up. Just copying oh. every gesture, every phrase. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'd be different after yeah. that encounter. I forever changed. Yeah. So basically, I hope that uh people can step it up and someone can like aspire to be at her level because i just i know seriously maybe maybe there's some like wonderful ex-mormon man with like Mm. an incredible personality and a sick bod who's listening (laughs) right now look her up dm her please yeah but more likely because of everything we talked about the man for her is not a mormon or even an ex-mormon because that shit runs deep that thinking that you like are too cool for school man mm-hmm. and just the like benevolent misogyny of all of it like oh I- i'm gonna like deign to give this woman attention because i'm so great man let's just do better everybody do better Amen. let that stuff go well I feel like we've in this went in so many directions I did not anticipate and also feel like we are just scratching the surface. So if there are more things you want us to talk about related to Mormon dating, hit us up. Send us an email, please blisspot at gmail.com. Um 
message us on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or threads, I guess, at Please Bless Pod. Comment on our YouTube. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Uh, write a review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you want to hear. I mean, there are all these ways to get in touch with us, so please do. Mm-hmm. And follow Reagan Baker. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually saw on her Instagram stories the other day, she did like an ask me anything. And, um, I can't even remember what the question was, but she was just like listing her areas of expertise. She's like, I can help you get a like perfect, like a bedheady, beachy sort of look to your hair. Cause she's a hairstylist and, um, I can do this. I can do this. And she's like, I can help you leave Mormonism. And I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> a renaissance oh woman. Yes. <laughs> god bless god bless please bless reagan baker please bless this podcast and you know please bless all of you amen